Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. This is the third episode in a three-part series with Tim S. Marshall. In today's episode, we will discuss launching your dream. Tim is going to focus on his book, The Power of Breaking Fear as an Entrepreneur. He will give you critical information that will help you start a successful business. If you'd like to hear the other two episodes in this series, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. There once were three storks who were born in the same nest and under the same circumstances. When it was time for them to leave the nest, they had to fend for themselves and find their own food. The first stork didn't think that he would be able to catch the frogs and small fish that he needed to survive, so he stomped around the edge of the lake in a foul mood. Of course, his stomping scared away his prey, confirming his belief that he would always go hungry and never be able to succeed. The second stork was confident that he would be able to provide for himself, so he boldly entered the water and started chasing anything that made a ripple in the water, no matter how far away it was. As a consequence of his impatience, he too scared away his prey and ended up hungry, exhausted, and felt like a failure. The third stork watched his brothers and then set out to catch his dinner. He carefully studied the activities of the frogs and the small fish and then stood quietly where they regularly congregated. He then confidently and quietly went about successfully catching and eating plenty of frogs and fish. Eventually, through careful planning and focused attention, he caught enough to fill his belly. Which one are you? Do you think that there aren't any opportunities for you to do something meaningful? So you trudge around and make sure that this belief comes true? Or do you get all excited and start to act randomly and enthusiastically, but without a plan or strategy to guide you until you end up exhausted and disillusioned? Or like the third stork, do you focus your energies, create a plan for your life, for your business, and target one or two things that you can do really well, ensuring that you make a difference and do something meaningful? The choice is yours. Launching your dream. In this third episode of the three-part series, we're going to focus specifically on starting that new business or starting that new venture that you've always wanted to do. In the first two episodes, we discussed stepping into the unknown and then facing your fears. In the interview itself, Tim is going to share his expert advice and ways in which he helps new business owners and new entrepreneurs start the business. But from a psychological standpoint, I wanted to give you a foundational piece as well. In the story that I told you, we discussed the three storks, and it's a really good understanding of sometimes how we are in life. Sometimes we think that we can't do something, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and we can't. The other time, we have so much energy, and we're so excited to do something, but that energy is not focused, and we eventually become frustrated because it doesn't seem to work. Then, of course, the third version is that particular part of the information gathering. When you think of the diets that you've maybe been on before or something new that you want to start, how much planning of that do you do? You know, sometimes we wake up and we think, oh my gosh, I'm really overweight. I need to go on a diet. And so all of a sudden we think, well, I need to restrict myself from this or that, but there's really no planning that goes along with it. We just simply do it because it's something we want to do. That's really why many diets fail. Think of a surgeon. A surgeon doesn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I want to perform surgery today. Of course not. He studies for years and years 
And then eventually he becomes the expert surgeon. It's the same type of thing with us. Many times we perceive where we want to go and what we want to do. And we often think at the very end, this is who I'm going to be. But all the struggles and all the frustrations and feelings of failure that go along with that, we often don't hear about that. You know, the first part of anything, and this is what I teach, is information gathering. When we think too far ahead without enough information, we often jump the gun and do things, kind of like that second stork that I was talking about, without any focus or nothing is honed and sharpened into the direction we really should go, but we're doing a hundred things at once without any full knowledge of what it is we really want to do or how we should do it. It's so important, as we know, when you gather information, but it's important to gather information around the people with whom you associate, those successful people. The different direction with that is essentially this, Surround yourself with those people who have hope, who have joy, who have peace, who have patience, who can self-affirm, who have a strong sense of confidence. Because when you can practice that, that is information you will need to see how do you handle situations when there is a setback or when you perceive there to be some type of failure. So you can have as much information when it comes to a business that you want, but if you haven't surrounded yourself and really gathered information to ask, how did this woman, how did she find joy during grief? How did this person find hope during this difficult time in his life? How did this person find patience and resilience and self-worth when he was told no hundreds of times? Those key components are essential for anyone when they start something new. The more you can practice that, the more successful you're going to be. So we link together the emotional fortitude, the emotional resilience, all of those attributes that one needs as they try something new, because there are going to be difficult times when you start up this new thing that you're doing in your life. So when you can self-affirm, self-validate, self-soothe, and find hope and resilience and peace during a difficult time, that is going to push you even further than simply having information about how to start a business. Those two things together are going to be unstoppable for you. I'm incredibly excited for you. I can't wait to see what happens in your life. This is a new day for you. So today, launch your dream. Do what you've always wanted to do. Be who you were destined to be. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. My guest today is Tim S. Marshall. He is a nationally recognized entrepreneur, a leading corporate coach, top speaker, and the award-winning author of The Power of Breaking Fear. He is going to be sharing the secrets of his success today. This is actually the third episode I have done with Tim. We were doing a three-part series. So this is the last episode that you'll be hearing about his amazing books. And you can definitely go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and you can hear all those three amazing episodes. So welcome to my show, Tim. How are you? I am doing very well. We've talked about a lot of things in the last two episodes. And so this episode specifically, we're going to focus on one of your books, The Power of Breaking Fear as an Entrepreneur. So I'm really excited to hear about uh, your thoughts about this because I know so many of my listeners are entrepreneurs or have that desire to maybe start their own business or just do something different. So I think you are an expert in this field and you'll definitely be able to help my listeners start this new venture in their life. Absolutely. You know, the first thing I want to say in regards to starting your business or if you have a business currently is just staying current with the trends. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not so much just being 100 percent, you know, an expert as far as what the media is, is stating out there in reference to statistics and 
you know, how businesses go under or, you know, whatever the greatest idea is of the month. But the greatest thing that you can do to be an entrepreneur is connect with other people that have built businesses from the ground up. And that's really one of the things I've noticed with you when it comes to the other episodes we've done is you are very much connected with the relational aspect of people, learning from people, spending time with people, shadowing people. That sounds like that's one of the really main key components that you have when you teach and when you really train other people. Absolutely. And, and one of the biggest um, aspects that I try to answer, and, and I'm the person that really tries to give people the solution. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we read certain books or hear information and then it's like, okay, well, how do you really do it? Yeah. So I'm the person that says, okay, well, let's look at the first thing. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. You know, it could be the fear of not succeeding, or maybe you do have a business and the fear of paying the bills is so encompassing that it doesn't allow you to grow. Yeah. So when it really boils down to it, and you brought it up about connecting with other people. It's really, really important. And, you know, in social media, and we, we talked about this yesterday, you know, with business owners or people that have good ideas to start companies, you have to look at what it takes from the ground up. And I brought up an analogy yesterday in reference to the Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City. Mm-hmm. You could see a giant float, but what does it take to plan that? What does it take to prepare that? What does it take to draw it out? And there's, there's a lot of different things that go into it. So how you overcome the fear of the unknown is you start asking yourself and other people that have been through the experience really good questions. Mm-hmm. I do think it is so important because I think many people the first question they, they typically ask is, well, what do I even do or how to even start this? I think sometimes we, they jump, we, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person like everybody else. I think sometimes we jump so far ahead to the end result that that chasm of uncertainty is so broad and so expansive that if we don't have a baseline for it, we have no idea what that's going to even look like. So to all of a sudden say, oh, I want to be this polished person that you will see on TV or whatever it may be for them. If they're looking at their life right now and it's so different from that, I think that initial concept of where do I even start becomes so overwhelming that it does really paralyze people from maybe making this change for themselves. And that's where I say always, for the most part, look from the very beginning. If you're going to build a house from scratch, you're going to want to draw it out. You're going to want to have conversations with an architect. You want to make sure you build the foundation up, which is the research. So if we look at certain companies in a way and say, wow, you know what? They succeeded in this, or they have a great restaurant, or they have a great technology company. But in reality, they started somewhere. Yeah. And the biggest thing right now is, is the majority of at least Americans right now want to start their own companies. So... The conversation we're having right now is extremely important Mm -hmm. because a lot of the people that want to start their own companies, it's not that they don't have what it takes to succeed. It's they don't have the patience and patience is due diligence. Yes. Connecting, doing the research. And when it comes to when I do a seminar and I've coached many different entrepreneurs on, on starting a company from the very beginning, 
to the point where they can sell it. Mm-hmm. And it really does boil down to three things. And in the in my book, The Power of Breaking Fear, you know, for entrepreneurship is all about takeaways. But the three biggest things in the book is uncovering the fear of the unknown. And it describes exactly the instructions when you're putting a business plan together. Fill in the blanks. It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's through the art of connecting. So when you have all that information, the fear of the unknown becomes more of motivation. It translates to something. Help us understand what you said as far as fill in the blanks. Because I'm sure some of my listeners are like, what does he mean specifically about filling in the blanks? You have this template and fill in the blanks. What does that mean? Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm a judge for a lot of these different entrepreneurship conferences. Mm -hmm. And someone could have the greatest product in the world. But if they don't know how to deliver the message and who the market is for and how they're going to deliver the message, which is explaining what the product is, their their chances of hitting a wall are really, really great. So when I say fill in the blanks, I tell people, understand, if you were the customer or if you're going to market it, who needs your product? That's number one. Who needs it? And if you're going to develop it and if you really believe in it, practice the greatest thing that you can do, which is your delivery. Mm -hmm. Because once you have your delivery down, guess what? People are going to want to buy it. So, And then you go to the third thing. And this is one of the most important things that there is when you have your own company, the art of selling. You have eight times a greater chance of succeeding, eight times greater chance of succeeding if you learn the art of selling. That's why in my books I talk about connecting building relationships with strangers, networking, not just going to a networking event. I would actually work in an event. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to those events before and you just people just standing around. It's like, what's the point? Why are you even here? What's the point? So if I'm talking, you know, if we're having a conversation right now and I could say, James, you know what? I love what you do. You know, I want to pass that message around. There's so much diversity that people can learn from your show. Mm -hmm. So I will. And then you can say, hey, Tim, you know what? I read your books. They're really, they're filled with takeaways because most books only have 20% of information. Your book has 80% of information yeah. that's takeaways. So I reverse the 80-20 principle. So my point is, is that networking is about what's in it for both people. You know, how can I help, like, let's say if it was James, how can I help pass your message around so, mm-hmm. so people can be inspired to challenge themselves to grow and vice versa. Yeah, I think it goes back as well. I want to, if I can supplement what you're saying as well, I think sometimes when people, they're starting something new and they have that insecurity because they haven't done it for that long and they're not really sure what they're doing. They're, you know, they're maybe floundering and uh, are trying to figure out how, what it means to be an entrepreneur for themselves. And I think that whole delivery part can be a little, can be a struggle because I haven't fully believed in what they're doing. They know what they want to do, but then to have this intrinsic belief that 
what I, my product is going to change your life. My product is going to be so amazing and so fantastic in someone's life that everybody has to know about it. They have to need it. And so I think that's where some of the people really struggle in general is to really believe in themselves, believe in their product, that it is revolutionary, that it is different. Because if they don't have that, well, what's the point of even doing it? Because if you're not really think that it's going to change people's lives and you might want to rethink what you're doing because you don't truly have that authenticity and that excitement about whatever it is you're going to be doing. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, the very first thing in, in, in all my books is building yourself up first, you know, identifying how you can create whatever that self-doubt is. And I talk about speed and activity and it's not about driving around fast. It's about taking your idea and your purpose and practicing it over and over and over again until you don't know the difference of anything other than achieving your goal. So the speed and activity really takes away the gap of self-doubt. So if I want to start a company and I give myself too much time of not doing due diligence, not connecting, not looking for who my market is and how I'm going to advertise, I'm going to have more self-doubt, which is going to create stress and fear. And then guess what happens? The greatest idea of the month goes away. Yeah. And I do believe that people, if and not to be like spiritual in any way, uh, but I do believe that we there is a season of development. There's a season of creativity and there's a, a synergy and an energy that's created when we get excited about something because we're motivated for it. But if we don't act, if we don't act on that moment or during that moment, then that energy starts to leave. And then after a while, we're like, well, was it really a good idea? I'm not really sure. So I completely agree with you 100% that when people have these ideas, they have to act on it right away because there's a season of creativity, a season of energy, a season of development within themselves that's purposely been designed for that movement, for, for that uh, entrepreneurial aspect. And if people don't realize that and they wait too long, then all of a sudden a dream is just a dream. There's no action behind it. And you know what the saddest thing is, is that, you know, when that dream goes away, we settle. Mm -hmm. And that's where mediocrity really kicks in. And, you know, that's to me, it's, it's, I, you know, I meet with so many different people and, and that is, that is the most profounding thing that we can get caught up in is, is settling. Because when we really do take the, the time and the energy and the patience, we, and I mean we, we all have the same ability to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's, you know, physically, maybe there's limitations as far as being a professional athlete, but between the ears, we all have great gifts to achieve anything. And that's through the art of research, activity, building relationships, practicing it. And once you practice it, you teach it. Yeah, that's great methodology that you have. And I'm sure you're very successful when you work with these people. I have, I'm sure some of my listeners right now are thinking, well, I have this wonderful idea, but I work full time at this other job. How do I slow everything down? How do I find the time? How do I start something when I have to dedicate 40, 50 hours to my other job and not able to really allocate those, that energy and time to something new? James, I love your questions. So, <laughs> you may, perfect question. And I can identify and relate it to my own experience. I was in sales for a number of years and then I studied the art of opening up a company. I've done my due diligence. Mm-hmm. I had mentors. I became an expert at establishing myself as an entrepreneur and then I started to teach it to other people. Along the way, I also became a trainer. 
a professional speaker, a writer on the side, on my own time. Mm -hmm. So I consistently built myself up and I practiced at my job. So when I communicate with people and I coach them, I say, leverage what you have right now. You don't necessarily have to jump, you know, and, and, and take, you know, your, yourself and, and leap and, and take something and go to a leap of faith. It's just more of building evidence along the way, learning how to leverage what you're learning, but understanding, you know, what career you're in. Use it as a challenge. Use it as a stepping stone. And what you're learning to build another company on the side, you can parallel those two things. So when you're ready to jump off a ship, the ship that you jump off of and onto is going to be much bigger. Yes. I like that. I like that duality, that parallel process of what you're learning in your downtime, really implementing that in your current position. I, I think that's very helpful and something that my listeners can definitely relate with and understand. Absolutely. And I practice it. I, I communicate that. And especially in today's world with technology and, and there's a lot of solutions. Unfortunately, they replace jobs mm -hmm. and we really need to be prepared. And my best advice is, is Yes, focus in on one career, but also start focusing then on a second one that you can start practicing, doing the research, and then just if something happens, guess what happens? If, if, if the worst thing happens, you lose your job and you spent time on research and building yourself up to be an entrepreneur, you just earn freedom. You certainly did. And I think that's the fear is because people do what they've been taught or conditioned for so long. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that as far as working for somebody else, um, you know, creating a product for someone else, which is wonderful for so many people. But those people who don't have that desire, it really does. It is. It's very liberating. I know for me, when I started this venture with Lifeology, the foundation for what I when I started everything was. I want to be location independent. I want to do whatever I'm going to do, wherever I want to do it, and I'm going to enjoy it. And then that was one of the foundational pieces that I used to tailor, to create, to develop what I'm doing today. And you know, I really want to validate what you're saying as far as the freedom that we create. We don't really realize it maybe in the moment, but it is a wonderful opportunity for us to say, now I really have the time to do this. Now I can really develop this, this, this energy and this excitement and this desire to do something different for myself. Absolutely. And, and one of the things when I did work for a corporation is I really treated myself as my own company. Mm -hmm. And I identified myself as my own business model, even profit and loss. But I took the opportunity of learning from every single person around me, from challenges, from the way they communicate and the way they don't communicate as well. And, you know, there's a major generational gap right now that there's a clog between baby boomers and millennials, mm -hmm. you know, and how do we unclog that? Well, yeah. it's the art of communication. There's nothing wrong with millennials. There's nothing. It's just that we just need to communicate a little bit better. That's all. Yeah. And if I can piggyback on that even more, it's effectively communicate. I think we all communicate in some ways, but that effective part of it is not really as powerful or as developed as it could be. So learning how to really going back to what you said earlier, as far as learning the terminology, learning the words, learning the interactions that may have worked with some people, if it doesn't work with another population, then you figure it out. You study it, you research it, and then you implement it. Absolutely. And sometimes less is more. And right now I'm, I'm coaching a lot of people based on having taglines, compelling messages, statistics, just basic stuff in a way that when you're delivering a message, 
it is compelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's current. It's trend worthy. So sometimes, just like you said, it, it has to be, it doesn't have to be. You can make a choice, but communicating effectively can save yourself so much frustration. Yes, that's true. And, and, and the art of delivery is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And the person that delivers the best message, and it doesn't mean you have to be a great speaker. It just means it's a practice. Yeah. That's all it is. The other part that I, I really like to even make even more practical is, are you audible? You know, <laughs> I remember I was writing my, my first book I was working on. I was like, okay, this is going to be for the, the lay person. And after <laughs> the first chapter, I was like, all right, James, this is a textbook from university. <laughs> it is not audible at all. Nobody even knows what you're saying. I was using concepts and thoughts that totally missed the mark. And so I think it just goes back to how audible are you? If you're audible in your presentation, as far as the word choices you use are audible with your nonverbal communication, all of that is just simply how audible are you that people understand it in a way and it really conveys it. So how I may speak with my colleagues at university or how I may speak with, with a child on the street, it's going to be completely different. I'm the same person, but I've learned how to develop and morph and create my delivery, just like what you were saying before, that's effective in every situation that I'm in. Absolutely. And I, um, I love using analogies. Mm-hmm. So if I talk to a football team or if I, I speak to a major corporation or a little kid, or if I do some nonprofit work, I communicate in a way where I use analogies so they can understand. And it could be about a skateboard, it could be about catching a pass, or it could be the pressure of running a gigantic company. Mm-hmm. But it's all relevant to your demographic. Uh-huh. All relevant to analogies and communication. Yeah. Why do you think, and this is the last question I'm going to ask you, but why do you think that many people you know, they do start something and all of a sudden they stop. Why do you think they maybe turn to that sense of, I I tried and I failed? Because what it is, is when you grow the most is when you feel sometimes the worst. Mm -hmm. And when you feel the challenges and you feel like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. This is so uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you let gaps of time pass. And that's why I coach people. And this is just an analogy on speed and activity. The more information you learn, the more you practice your delivery and selling, the more you will not back away. Mm-hmm. So the more you're involved with something, the less self-doubt and fears will creep in. So you know, just like, you know, I love your story where it's like you wanted, you know, you wanted to make, you, you wanted to create your own weather and you have. <laughs> I certainly have. Yeah. And I want to create my own weather and I have. But was it uncomfortable in the beginning? Absolutely. Yes. Did I have self doubt. Absolutely. Did I have fears? Absolutely. But I took notes. I became aware of them. I conquered them. I learned from other people. And then I achieved whatever I, whatever I put my mind to. And, but along the way, there's obstacles, and we're all supposed to have challenges. And challenges are the greatest thing to learn from because that builds resiliency. Yes, and when it you does. have resiliency, you can create any company you want. Yes. Is it a stumbling block or is it a stepping stone? You get to decide what that is. Absolutely. Tim, it has been wonderful having you on my show for these, this three-part series. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and all these amazing books that you've written, where would they find the information online? timsmarshall.com. Wonderful. And they can purchase all your books there as well? They can purchase all my books. It's, uh, I've got 
seven done out of 20, but this one is the power of breaking fear as an entrepreneur. And the last thing I'd like to say about it is, you know, the books that I write are all based on takeaways. Mm-hmm. Actionable items, yes. Actionable items. I read so many books and I'm like, okay, what's the message? What's the message? <laughs> this is like, okay, read the book, you'll be able to create a business. Yes. Read the book, you'll be able to build yourself up immediately. So it's it's really, really important for me to, you know, really have good information, just like you said, you know, about speaking, delivering, effectiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, these books are based on effectiveness, but... Um, but anyway, I've really enjoyed my time speaking to you. You've had some, um, you had really good questions. No, oh, thank you. And, um, you know, you, you really are, uh, you're, you're a good person. So <laughs> thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate that. Once again, yeah. thank you so much for joining with us today on James Miller Lifeology. I'm sure my listeners were very thrilled to hear the wonderful takeaways that you've given them. So thank you once again for your time. Thank you so much. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.